Hello, 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 gorgeous one. I'm Abiola Abrams, and you are on with Spiritpreneur School, the podcast where conscious entrepreneurs connect. Today, we are in for an inspiring conversation. Well, we're always in for an inspiring conversation, aren't we? It's called Spiritpreneur School. <laughs> but today, I am especially excited about our Spiritpreneur today. This woman is actually the definition of a Spiritpreneur. She is someone who is answering her calling in a powerful and capable way, Lalania Simone. Lalania is an author, an artist, and a mystic. She grew up in a tough inner city neighborhood, gaining both street savvy and educational opportunities. Her early questioning of religious dogma launched her lifelong spiritual journey. She spent the past 10 years working with those who seek the tools to make a deeper connection with themselves and the universe. She has lived in and experienced both the grit and soul of cities such as San Diego, Denver, and good old Brooklyn, New York. The fusion of Lalania's esoteric knowledge and her experience in urban society creates a unique urban soul warrior perspective. She's got a book called Urban Soul Warrior, Self-Mastery in the Midst of the Metropolis. And she has an incredible monthly subscription box called Weevolve Box. And we're going to be talking primarily about that today. It is an incredible offering. So let's just give a big spiritpreneur welcome to Lilania. Lilania, welcome to Spiritpreneur School, Goddess. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor and a pleasure. Oh, well, thank you, sis. Thank you. So I just gave your formal bio. Tell us who is the woman behind that bio. Who is Lilania Simone? Well, I consider myself to be a cosmic woman, a woman who is constantly in the midst of connecting with the deepest part of myself and then also using that connection to connect on a deeper level with all of life, so people and um, animals and just the energy of the universe and trying to bring as much light as I can bring here so that maybe we can um, heal this planet and heal each other and, and have a have a beautiful place to be. Oh, that's beautiful, Alania. Have a beautiful place to be. That is that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, in your bio, I mentioned your book, Urban Soul Warrior. Can you tell us a little bit about your what led you to write this book and what it means to be, you know, in your bio, you have a lot about your background growing up and how it led you to today's work. Can you tell us about the book and a little bit more about how your background did lead you into what you're doing currently? Sure. Um, I grew up in a pretty rough area um, in Denver during the 80s when when crack and gangs was, you know, pretty pretty big um, part of life, especially if you were in a, in a rough neighborhood. So that was my day-to-day experience, but my other day-to-day experience was religion. My family was Catholic at the time, and so I was very much into trying to please um, that religious side of 
me as well as trying to keep up with all my my gang member friends and make sure that they knew I was down. Um, and then I had an opportunity to leave, and I, at a young age, I moved to San Diego. Um, I was just out of high school, and um, I had this experience well, in San Diego where I was looking up some goddess images because I wanted to draw, and I came across the goddess religion, and I felt like something happened to me, like I woke up. And from that moment on, um, I really began meditating and realizing that becoming conscious was really a full-time job, and I wanted to be able to bring that information to people like me. I realized that, you know, I was reading all these wonderful books, but they weren't the type of books that I thought that people like my friends would necessarily read, that they wouldn't pick up a Deepak Chopra or an Eckhart Tolle. And so I decided to to write Urban Soul Warrior to reach a different demographic of people who mirrored myself and my own past. Thank you so much for sharing that. You actually uh, brought some tears to my eyes when you were talking about, you know, that becoming conscious is a full-time job. I think that that's a beautiful way to explain it. And and I think that it is really important to create the tools. I always say create the tools, write the books, you know, make the songs that you wish existed in the world, uh, that that is truly the way, you know, whether it is, you know, as a spiritpreneur, business person, or just as a person on this planet to create, to give birth to the things that you needed that, that were not there. And so, you know, I, I applaud you for stepping up and being able to do that Um, How did you have the courage to leave? Because I'm sure that a lot of people, you know, that you grew up with maybe didn't have that courage, you know, or that wherewithal to say, okay, I'm going to leave this neighborhood. As we, as we know, most people don't, don't leave their neighborhoods. And unfortunately, most people um, in the, the harder neighborhoods end up, you know, in jail or unfortunately deceased or in the same place where they were when you left them. Where did yeah, you get the actually, courage? That's actually pretty much what did happen to most of the people that I knew during that time. Um, I I was always an adventurer, and so I had an, um, a chance to visit a friend from high school that had moved to San Diego who had married um, someone who, lived, who was in the Navy. And so they were stationed in San Diego, and she she invited me for a weekend, and I had such a blast. I came back to Denver and I talked to another friend of mine and she was just game. And we just decided, let's do it. And we picked up and we moved a few months later. So I don't know, it must have been guided in some way because it definitely was the beginning of my spiritual life. And I was only there for a couple of years, but I feel like that was the, the catalyst that led me on this journey. Now, Lelanya, was is WeVolveBox your first business venture? No, I actually, um, shortly after living in San Diego, I moved to Brooklyn, and I was there for quite a few years. I had went to fashion school for a bit, and I had learned to sew at a very young age, so I moved to New York because I thought I was going to be a famous fashion designer. That was my big dream. So I moved to New York, and that was really great, and I have some of my stuff in some little boutiques in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And then I moved back to Denver thinking, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna start a business, and I opened a, uh, 
opened two businesses. First, I had a little boutique, and we sold coffee there. And then the coffee was doing better than the than the goods that we had. So we decided to open a cafe. We had a little organic raw food vegetarian cafe, the only of its kind um, here in Denver. And we did that for a few years. And we were trying to sell um, organic clean foods at a very low price so that it was accessible to to everybody. And we weren't really able to make a make that work. So we we lasted a couple years and then we we closed. Ah, okay. Well, I want to highlight a few different things in your story, Lalanya, that our listening audience is primarily women who are spirit-based entrepreneurs, people, women who are wanting to answer a calling and many of whom feel, you know, afraid or, or have challenges dealing with personal issues that are holding them back from moving forward. And I think something important to highlight in your story is that you had many, you know, like any of us, you know, and I'll share a story in a little bit, but any of us who try to start any venture, there are missteps that you're going to have. You reroute and you keep going. Some things will work, some things won't. And you, rather than waiting for things to be perfect to begin, you begin and you make the shifts as you go. Is that, would that be an accurate assessment? I would say so. I mean, that's something I think that I'm, constantly learning is that you there is no perfect moment or the moment that you decide to move forward is the perfect moment but it doesn't mean that all things are going to be aligned completely in your favor at any point it's just you, you really have to go into your heart and figure out if this is something you want and trust that the things are going to fall into place around you and that you're going to learn what you need to learn as you go along and it's really I think spiritual business and business in general really is about a level of surrender because there's no way to know. There's no way to know if it's going to do well or not do well. You just have to go for it. Yes, a level of surrender. And that, that's a that's a key message because I like to say that how we do anything is how we do everything. So, you know, just like, you know, our businesses as spiritpreneurs are really an extension of our lives. And I would like to ask you, Lalanya, that one of the things that I've been encountering as I've I've been talking to, you know, um, spirit-based women entrepreneurs is that a lot of people have had a moment where they felt like that they had to kind of come out of the spiritual closet with what they're doing, you know, particularly with, you know, people who have had a religious background with something else. You know, my mother was Catholic, so I totally, you know, understand the dichotomy there um was there ever a moment like that for you or was it or since you've always been an entrepreneur and have always been making your own way that people were like okay well that's Lilania just doing what she does well i think that um i'm i currently my full-time job is a uh, i work at a nonprofit, and i got an award last year for being the heart they called me the heart of our organization and the words that they used was um, for bringing a cosmic, bringing her cosmic vibes everywhere she goes. And so I think that, you know, I totally understand that people are maybe sometimes afraid of letting people know um, how they feel um, or how they relate to the universe and that they might be considered new agey or, 
you know, maybe it's another religion, maybe it's Catholicism, or they don't want people to really know about their spiritual life. And I think that's fine for some people, but I think for me, it's it's so who I am, and it's radiating out of me all the time, and so I claim it, and um, I radiate it as, as much as I yeah. can. Yes, you do, like the sunshine with Lilania. Okay, so tell us about Weevolve Box. So Weevolve Box uh, kind of happened very, very serendipitously. I read a book um, called Outrageous Openness, which I would um, definitely recommend to all of your listeners if you haven't read it. It's by Tosha Silver, and it's this beautiful um, book about opening to the divine all the time, and and it was an audio book that I listened to, and she said something about, and I think it was even in regards to what you and I were just talking about, surrendering um, into trying to do, you know, following your heart, and even though you don't maybe the timing isn't exactly right, just doing it anyway. And I thought, wow, maybe maybe I need to go into more of a spiritually based business because I was trying to make you know, I've been making bags and beautiful sewn items knit and crochet for the past few years. And although I do well with it at markets and things like that, it never really took off. And so I thought maybe it's because I'm supposed to be doing something that's more in the heart of my spirituality. And right around that time, I discovered subscription boxes. And so I went online and I looked around to see if there was anything that kind of had the flavor that I was looking for. And I saw a couple of different things, but they weren't exactly my aesthetic. I thought, well, you know, I think I can bring something a little different than what's out here and, you know, help people create sacred space and provide some guidance around meditations and how to use sacred objects to create rituals and to bring some more consciousness and awareness into the daily daily life. And so it just unfolded from there. And after a few months, I actually, you know, it took me about three months to figure it all out and get some boxes together. And so we're almost a year deep. It's beautiful. And I think that you definitely fill a unique place in the marketplace. If you're listening to this, definitely go to WeVolveBox.com and learn more about Lilania's offering and consider subscribing, I think that it would be really beneficial and an important part of your own practice. I I feel like um, when I experience any of your work, like you, you can feel the heart. It's interesting that you receive that uh, award, that I can feel the heart behind it. What do the day-to-day operations look like with balancing another career and having this on the side. Well, I've been very particular, and I'm I'm a big planner, and I'm um, I'm in the details of my life um, very intentionally because I want to make sure that I have time for my family and for personal time for myself because meditation is very important to me, and. Um, and so in order to make sure that I'm balancing everything, I've made the box bi-monthly rather than monthly. And I thought I did that for two reasons. 
I wanted to make sure, first of all, that people weren't getting inundated with stuff because we're so such hyper um, consumers as it is that I didn't want to make it so that it was just, you know, you're getting spiritual boxes full of stuff that are now, you know, pretty soon, three months later, you have all this stuff you don't know what to do with. So I made it bi-monthly so it would be more intentional on my part. And I could really put a lot of light and intention into the theme of whatever I'm sending. And then also so that I could make it so that it didn't take over my life. And I was able to spread the process over a two-month period so that I wasn't constantly rushing and trying to make contacts and buying product. And so I did that for for both um, for subscribers and for my own personal well-being. That's a, I think that's a key lesson, Lilania, is that you designed the business around your well-being and around, you know, what would help you to keep a balanced and sane and happy life. I think that that's really a wonderful lesson because there's no one cookie-cutter way to approach building a business, you know. So some, what works for one person might not necessarily work for another person, are there any other um, – what other advice can you give someone who may be launching a business and be trying to balance a full-time job at the same time? I would say take your time because, I mean, there's uh, probably moments when you, you do have to dig in and, and, and push. But there's also, especially if you have a full-time job and you already have you know, the income that you need to be able to take care of all of your daily requirements, that would often make it so that you actually have a little bit more time to be able to make sure that you're looking at all the little details of the business that you want to grow. Because I think what happens, and I even see this in subscription business, is that people get really excited and they think, oh, I'm going to do this, and then they don't take the time to really do the research that they need to do to look at their marketing and look at their branding and look at their, you know, who do they want to reach and all of these um, important details. And that's really, without that information and without that knowledge, it's going to be really hard to be successful. And so I would just definitely say just take your time and do what's best for you. Look at your life and see what's going to fit into your life in a way that's going to be the least amount of disruptive and maybe even bring joy and flow, um, there'll probably be some disruption. But you also want to make sure that you have the the type of life or the type, the ability to take the time for yourself when there is disruption so that you can come back to center and make sure that things are in alignment. Well said. Well said. Now, do you intend to... Or are you continuing your other business that you had previously, your bag business with the crochet, uh, I guess, wearable art? Is that something that you are continuing? Well, my main intention after building this this current business up um, for another year or so is to open a shop. I really want to have a metaphysical, local, handmade place where people can come in and get some really good vibes and half a cup of tea and maybe get a reading or pick up some crystals, but also have local handmade goods from, we have such an incredible um, 
group of different artisans here in the city. Denver is growing at an incredible rate. People are coming from all over. It has a lot to do with marijuana, of course, but um, we are growing huge. And so we have artists coming from all over. We have beautiful handmade goods here, and I'd really like to showcase those along with have meditation classes and yoga classes. So my plan is to create um, a retail space that could also house, um, have a room for classes and, and other things. So I still have more going oh, to do. That sounds amazing. I wish it I'm like, come to open that in New York. Come back to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'll, I guess I'll just have to come to Denver to... Oh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so what marketing lessons did you learn, Lelania, from owning a physical business in the past and now having a digital business that most digital entrepreneurs have never had a business that existed in physical space? So can you talk to us about that and the marketing and perhaps how it may be similar and different? Sure. Well, um, your website is number one. Um, If it's not something that you can do on your own, it's worth investing in someone who knows exactly how to do that because what's known as the bounce rate can kill you, right? So the bounce rate is the the, um, the number of people that actually leave your website after looking at just your main page. Um, if you have an enormous bounce rate, that has a lot to do with the fact that when people land on your page, they're not necessarily drawn into what you have to offer. And it doesn't mean that you don't have something wonderful that they may actually really love. But if it's not pulling them in, if for some reason your your text is too dense or they're not being clear with your idea on your front page of your website, that could be a a killer. so marketing, of course, your your branding, what do you want to convey in in your logo, um, your colors, colors, you know, look into color therapy and figure out what the different what type of energies the different colors in your logo might be putting out and is that what you want? Um, it's very similar. You know, the difference I would say when when we had our physical shop is that we would be able to go around and put flyers in places locally and draw people over to our location. Um, It's kind of different with the online site, so online business. I don't find that flyers in locations are as successful. People don't necessarily pick up a flyer to go online and and look at your business in the same way they do when when you have a physical place they can go to. But otherwise, it's really all about that um, that website, and a huge thing for online businesses is your email uh, list. You want to gather as many names as you can, and there's many different ways to do that. You can you can use a launch site. Um, you can use you know, there's free um, newsletter sites like Mailchimp, where you can collect names and put out newsletters and put out updates about what it is that you're doing. And I find that collecting that information is really, really important because someone might pop onto my website and they might not be sure that they want to subscribe to my box, but if they sign up for an update, 
um, two or three months later, when I send up and send out a coupon or you know some sort of new update with what's coming out in a future box, I might get that person to sign up. And so I would collect as many emails as you can. I think that that's really um, important. Everything that you just said, I actually just want to highlight a few points for our spiritpreneur goddesses who are listening. Um, number one, you said, you know, to be aware of your bounce rate. And so you can go and go to Google Analytics and find out what your bounce rate is. And then to do something about it, you know, you want to raise your conversions. And so you gave some very helpful tips on that. And if you didn't catch everything that she was saying, you know, definitely replay that, take those notes and put them into actionable, uh, actionable steps. And then you talked about list building, which is the heart of an online business that recently it just came out that Facebook is doing yet another update that is going to, you know, um, decrease the amount of times that people who are actually following your page get to see it in their feed. And so because a social media site you have no control over, you the only thing that you can control is the, is having a list. And so that is really, really wonderful advice. Is there any other marketing advice that you have specifically about social media? That that's a question that I hear people talking about a lot, that they don't know, you know, what to do on social media because it can feel so overwhelming. Like it's like, oh, there's now there's Snapchat, now there's this, now Periscope, and people feel overwhelmed. <laughs> can you talk about marketing and social media, Lelania? Sure. I really only use um, Facebook and Instagram, and the reasons are comes back to my my personal well-being. <laughs> I feel like I can't. I just physically and mentally and emotionally cannot um, be updating more than two um, social media sites on a regular basis. I just don't have the time for it, and so uh, I find that Instagram is incredible, but the challenge with Instagram is followers. So getting followers um, is a challenge. It doesn't happen quickly. You have to have engaging um, photographs and content that are going to be to a benefit, to the benefit of people who follow you. And so they have to be beautiful. You have to have beautiful photos because it is a photo um, social media site. And you want to have things that are drawing them in and they're looking forward to your next post. And once you do that and you can build that following, I know as someone who uses Instagram, I've purchased so many things from people that I found on Instagram. I have a, I have a subscription box that, that I actually subscribe to that I found on Instagram, and I've purchased handmade beautiful jewelry, and I've, um, I've listened to it. Um, I found out that Abiola does Periscope on Instagram and watched one of her videos, and it's just an incredible resource of information, and so I would say, you know, it may take a while, but start now and start building your Instagram following. Yes, I think that that's great advice, and I think that you do Instagram really well, and so definitely follow Lalanya on Instagram and see what she is doing over there, and as I said, you know, consider uh, checking out Revolve Box. Dot com. Now, Lelanya, something else that you did that is also quite magical and on point when it comes to your marketing, sis, I want to share this with our audience, is that Lelanya is savvy and smart enough to reach out to influencers in her space, that that's how we met. 
that, you know, she contacted me, we connected, and, you know, so then I promoted her, promoted her beautiful work to my followers, and then um, also promoted it on my blog and shared it, and it's seamless because Lilanya and I are the same tribe as are you who are listening, and so it's not like I'm suddenly, you know, selling, you know, Burger King, no offense to Burger King, but, you know, something that is, you know, in alignment. And then, you know, I invited her now to inter- interview her on my podcast and now spread, you know, the gospel of the work that she's doing to you who are listening. And even now as we're having this conversation, I'm sitting and I'm thinking, wow, she would be perfect for my Huffington Post column. And so I'm going to be talking to her about doing something there. And so from her just reaching out via social media to someone who is in her tribe and saying, hey, you know, let's connect, here's what I have, that now it is, you know, there are all of these things that come from it. And, you know, someone may not buy your product, as Lilania said, the first time that, you know, there are all all of these statistics that even when we see a TV commercial that we need to see it something like 8 to 16 times before it registers in our head, like, okay, this is something I want. And so the same thing. So if you go to my page and you see we vault box and you go to someone else and you see it and then you see it and you're like, wow, this is everywhere. I need this. <laughs> Can you talk about that, Lavanya, your influencer marketing uh, approach and program? Yes, I, I didn't really realize how important that was early on when I started um, there, are, there are some, you know, I did some research and tried to find out what's the best way to market this type of product. And they kept saying, you got to send it to people. And I was like, what? i got to send my, you know, i got to pay for that? And then I started to realize, first of all, not only are you reaching um, an audience that you wouldn't otherwise reach, but you're reaching the person that you send it to. And they might know somebody personally. They might be um, touched by it. And so what it's become to me is instead of just being something that I do for marketing, it's actually an offering. So one of the beautiful things about this box is I get to gather all these beautiful sacred objects from all these mystical traditions around the world, and I touch them with my hands. And I bless them and I put them in boxes and I send them out to people I don't know all over the country and few outside of the country. And as I said before um, to you, Avila, this is such a divine task. And I feel like when I send it out to bloggers or um, people who do reviews, I'm actually sending it as an offering. And I'm initially I was like waiting, like what am I going to, you know, as it, you know, I send it to some reviewers and. You're like, when are they going to review that? And now I've just kind of given that up and just said, you know, it would be lovely if they were able to spread the word, but if not, this energy reached this person for a reason, and I may not understand why. I so get that. I so get that. And I think that that is, you know, perhaps the difference between um, – I always use my uncle as an example when explaining to people the difference between, you know, because people say, well, why do you have to, you know, designate a spiritpreneur versus another kind of entrepreneur? And I say that there are certain specific things that speak to us as an audience that my uncle 
who is an exterminator, he's amazing and he makes a great living for his family and he's happy doing that because he's an immigrant who can provide and he provides a much, much needed service. But it's not his passion work. It's not his offering. You know, it certainly could be, but that's not how he chooses to approach it. And I think that the difference is, you know, the heart-centered um, approach that you have with everything that you've been doing from your cafe to this work that you're doing now. Tell us, because someone may be listening who is, uh, this is their first time hearing about Weevolve Box and, and they're hearing us talk about the divine offerings that you have in each one. Can you give examples so that our audience knows what are the kinds of things that one might find in a Weevolve Box and the different theme ideas and that sort of thing? Sure. Um, the first box that I sent out was called the Temple Box, and it included a Zen garden. It had a little Buddha figurine and a beautiful ohm scarf that could be used as an, an altar cloth, if not as a scarf. And we had um, in that box a large citrine point crystal. Citrine is a prosperity stone, and it, um, it is something that can be used to draw financial abundance to yourself. And that box also included... Um, a beautiful evil eye um, traditional Turkish carpet talisman that could be hung near your door to kind of keep um, negative energy from entering your home. And then I sent out a box that included a beautiful large abalone shell, a small wooden rosewood mala, um, and some sage. And that one had a large um, amethyst cluster and that one also had a, a Zen coloring book and coloring pencils, and that was called um, Radical Self Love Box. And then Abiola received the one that included rune stones and a beautiful Ganesha figurine. And Ganesha is a Hindu deity that is um, known as the remover of obstacles. And this box was called the Seeds of Intention. It also included a little bundle that had a ritual um, kind of exercise where you would intentionally decide what your seeds that you wanted to plant around your intentions for the coming months. And then, of course, the Ganesha was there to help um, remove the obstacles around your intentions. And uh, that one also included the runestones. Aventurine was the stone there, and Aventurine is, a, is a, another prosperity stone. And rune stones are a ancient divination method. They have um, some what's known as runes or symbols that are from the Germanic tribes quite quite a long time ago, and they are carved into stones, and you can pull a stone, and they each have meanings, and kind of use those for some guidance. So each time I put together a box, I, I have a theme. The, the next box that's coming out, I'm very excited about. It's called Elements of Tibet, and it's going to include a singing bowl and um, a mala and some prayer flags and a few other items directly from Tibet. And um, I'm really excited. Tibetan Buddhism is something I have special place in my heart for and I can't wait to share that with, with subscribers. 
Oh, me too. Tibetan Buddhism is, yeah, just, <laughs> I think that, you know, a beautiful gateway and pathway um, for anyone who is on the path, as they say. And I also want to just circle back around. Thank you so much for telling us about, you know, everything that you have offered so far. I want to just, I, I forgot to point out, you mentioned Tosha Silver. She also, she's a wonderful person to follow on Facebook that she has prayers called the Change Me Prayers. And I first learned about Tosha through um, Dr. Christiane Northrup. And so I think that she is, you know, a beautiful person, um, if you're listening to this, to go and follow. And so, Lelanya, one of the things that I didn't tell you about this wonderful Seeds of Intention box that you were generous enough to bring into my life is that the runestones, you know, held particular significance for me because I started reading runes in college, I think, or when I was graduating from college. And then I stopped reading runes. This is actually kind of funny. About 10 years ago when I was doing a reading for myself and they told the, the stones, you know, told me that my marriage wasn't going to work out. And they were right. The stones were right. But my first Impulse was not to get rid of the husband, but it was to get rid of the room. <laughs> oh, that's so, a good story right there. And so I've been feeling recently like, okay, I wanted to get back into reading runes I've been feeling the calling again to start reading runes and then you know here I was gifted with this beautiful set and so thank you thank you for that oh I love that thank you for sharing that <laughs> you're welcome and so what is your personal uh we're moving into uh the close of the conversation but I would love for you to share a bit of your personal self-care because you do so much with a full-time job and, and you know, full-time business as well. How do you care for the goddess Lalanya? Well, meditation, as I said, is really a big part of my life. And although I don't do it every day, I do it as often as I can. And, and oftentimes this means I have to get up 30 minutes earlier than normal. Um, and for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes before I have to start getting ready for work. Um, I meditate sometimes when I come home from work and before bed. Um, but like I said, it's not every day. It's just when I can fit it in one of those three times. I do try in on the weekend, you know, close the door and tell everybody, hey, I'm going, you know, I'm going to go take some personal time and try and take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to myself and I do simple things like rearrange my sacred space. I have little areas in my bedroom where I keep my crystals and my figurines and my meaningful items. And I like to move them around so that I keep the energy fresh and make sure that I'm bringing out certain crystals and thinking about what the, what the properties that are around those crystals and what it is that I'd like to uh, you know, have them representing in my life at the time. And, um, and what I know that is important is the physical stuff. And I... And I been kind of resisting that for the for a little while, and I just signed up for a POC, which is a, um, a people of color yoga immersion program. Um, it's 150 hours of deep immersion into 
yoga and the meaning of yoga from a woman who's from India, and I feel so honored to be taking this class from her because the reason I've kind of kept away from yoga is because it's become so um, trendy, and I, and I think it's wonderful no matter no matter how you do it and how you're drawn to yoga. But for me, the spiritual aspect has been missing from a lot of the classes that I went to, and that's what yoga is. It's a spiritual practice. And so this yes. opportunity is going to allow me to to bring the spiritual and the physical together and to take care of my temple in a way that I hadn't um, been up until this point. So I'm very excited about that as well. Oh, I'm so excited for you. That sounds incredible, the people of color yoga class. That sounds wonderful. So many wonderful things happening in Denver. Beautiful. Yes. It's Beautiful. hot out here. You can have to visit us. I do have to visit you. I do. I spoke last, maybe it was two years ago at, I forget which, um, there are so many uh, schools over there. One of the, maybe it was University of Northern Colorado, actually, I think, a women's group brought me in the dead of winter oh, wow. <laughs> to come and talk, but it was, it was awesome. And another time I came, um, I, I went, I was in Denver, like maybe about eight or so years ago, and there's a, a great African-American museum that's kind of like in a house, like a woman's house, I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. um, and that was also a beautiful experience. So this has been such an inspiring conversation, Lilania. As we close, is there what advice can you give someone who maybe is wanting to start their own subscription-based uh, monthly box or service? Well, I would say that there is a lot of incredible information online. Um, You can find blogs that are dedicated to it, and I would do as much research as possible. But first, make sure that you have a niche. What are you offering that no one else offers? And, um, you know, and I've heard you say this, Abiola, on one of your videos. It's like we can, we can, offer similar things, but what is it that you're bringing that no one else has? And so you want to make sure that you know what that is because it is a competitive market. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of different subscription boxes out there. And so make sure that you you have something special and then figure out how to um, make that known. How can you promote that specific thing and reach an audience that doesn't have um, what you are offering and needs it? And you may, they may not know they need it, but as long as you can um, put your own special sauce on it, then those that are supposed to um, find you will. I, I truly believe that. So do your research. Take your time. Well said, sis. And tell everyone where they can find you online and, you know, throughout the universe. So um, my book is on Amazon. It's called Urban Soul Warrior, Self-Mastery in the Midst of the Metropolis. And my subscription box is called Weevolve Box. So it's W-E-V-E-O-E. Oh, my gosh, I can't even spell my own business. <laughs> Evolve with a W box. <laughs> dot com. Well said. Okay, so Weevolve Box, Evolve with a W in front, Weevolvebox.com, and you are also throughout social media on, on uh, primarily Instagram and Facebook at Weevolvebox, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this incredible conversation, sis. Oh, thank you so much. I feel so blessed to have been able to sit here and share this with you. Oh, I I feel just I'm now like just I just feel electrified <laughs> with your magic. I can feel it. <laughs> and thank you, my beautiful spiritpreneur, for listening. I just want to urge you that, you know, this is it's great that you tune in and listen, but I want you to put into inspired action all of the wonderful gems that Lalania has so generously shared with us. And I look forward to seeing the magic that you make in the world as well. And so if no one has told you today, I love you. Dream bigger and love yourself. Bye.